welcome on into the unabated podcast your go-to source for your direct path to intelligent sports betting i'm thomas viola and joining me today as always none other than the man from the doghouse with the dog's name himself rufus peabody and coming to us straight from the gym peter jennings no captain jack today he is off sipping margaritas on a beach somewhere enjoying some well-earned time off we hope but in the meantime gents first and foremost before we get into today we're going to be talking about the nfl playoffs because we are at the end of the short long slog that is the 18 game nfl regular season but first some congratulations are in order rufus fantastic call on the college football championship game you said that georgia should be favored by 18 turns out they could have spotted them uh, another 36 points and still been pretty all right there as the dogs took down the frogs. Well done, my friend. Thanks. Does this, so does that cap off a good college football betting season for you guys? Um, you know, I don't know. I think, I mean, it was a positive season, but I haven't tallied it up. Hmm. Yeah, it was a great college football season. Uh, finished really strong in DFS uh, in college football and betting went really well. Wish I could say the same for NFL, where uh, the Bills Bengals cancellation and all that stuff was a, kind of a dagger for the end of the year. But uh, eager to to get things right here in 2023 with uh, the NFL playoffs, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, and I just another reason for me to hate them. They killed all of my teasers this last weekend of the uh, for the Week 18 to really bring bring a nice downer to the end of the NFL season for me. But uh, Peter. How did you do in the DraftKings Survivor? I survived. So got that through. Um, that was a small consolation. Uh, but yeah, got that through and, and cashed some of the pickums. So really excited about pools for next year. We'll be doing a ton of content here uh, as well as building out some tools. Uh, some of our engineers have already built some Survivor simulators. And uh, I think with like the Massey Peabody rankings and other things we can do, we can do some really innovative and cool stuff with uh, Survivors. So Stoked that I survived and uh, yeah, excited for for pools uh, next year. And there also are some really cool playoff formats for that as well, which uh, we'll talk just kind of broadly about how we're feeling about these teams, but certainly applicable for uh, those pools as well. That's right. And we mentioned it with the Bengals, uh, with the Bengals Bills cancellation. It does bring into play some potential weird effects, uh, like a neutral site AFC championship. Should the Bengals and Chiefs, uh, should the Bills and Chiefs both make it there? But that's kind of a bridge that we have to cross when we get there because there's no way to really factor something like that into simulations right now. Right, Rufus? I mean, there's definitely a way to factor it in, but we need to, we need to um, address that on in the code for uh, and essentially add an exception in our simulation code. So well, I'm, I'm optimistic. We'll do that pretty, pretty quickly. I'm curious to see where it's going to be. My, my hope is here in Vegas because that would just be a really fun game to be able to attend, but wherever they put it, they should absolutely do it college bowl style where you have half the stadium for one team and half for the other. Take advantage. You're never going to get another opportunity like this. I think they should go for it. But let's talk about some of the uh, actual, let's talk about some of the teams. We'll get into the wild card round games, but I want to talk to you guys first about some of the actual teams that we have here right now. And if you see any potential value in some of these long shots for the futures, because if if you look at the futures market right now, and I'm just pulling these up from Circa, the Chiefs still the favorite at plus 325. No, no surprises. They have the buy and the one seed here. The Bills right behind them at plus 375. And then you got the Eagles and the 49ers at 450. 
And then the drop-off happens. The Bengals are 10 to one Cowboys 14. And then you start getting down into it, you know, bucks, 30 chargers, 35 Vikings, 35 and so on and so forth down the list here in the field. Um, one of the things that I think people don't really factor in when they're thinking about betting futures at this point in the season where you're into the playoff run, at what point do you start looking at teams and going, I don't want to bet them on this futures price because I'm going to get a better price if I simply roll their money line over each week? I think that's a fantastic point, Thomas. And it's something you should definitely definitely look at. Um, oftentimes, just given the hold, the larger hold in a futures market, you might be better off uh, parlaying the money lines. And so what I would do is I'd consider, like, for example, the Chiefs there, like for uh, their price is what, plus 325, you said, mm-hmm. if I mean, think about what you would need. I mean, you can sort of play out the scenarios for the three games they'd have to win and what those uh, what those probabilities would be and what you think the market would be for those. Um, and so. It comes down to whether you think, I mean, I think, well, whether you think that uh, you'd be getting better money line prices than than the futures, the implied money line prices of the futures. And I think that's, that's a little more, uh, it's a little more work, but especially with the long shots, I think that's kind of going to be probably a better play. I can't say for sure everywhere because different books have different prices. And again, if you line shop, you can find some some prices that are off market. But oftentimes, there's a lot of juice on the bigger underdogs as well. So uh, you, you're not going to get the true price for the big long shots like maybe the Seahawks. And and I feel like, especially in the AFC, this is going to be a bit of an advantage because you're, you're kind of banking on a Bills-Chiefs game at some point. And you know that there's not going to be a heavy favorite one way or another in that one. And that's going to factor into the pricing when you're trying to roll it over versus at plus 325. But I mean, again, it, certainly if you play it out and say, okay, if the Chiefs had to play each team that's supposed to win, rolling those money lines over looks better. But there's say there's an upset or two. They're facing the lowest seed next week. Um, if Buffalo loses you know, they might have a much easier game in a home game. And so there are scenarios where you'll be worse off. And it's just about what the probability of each of these happening is. Peter, uh, any thoughts from you? Yeah, well, I was just going to hit on one thing that that Rufus mentioned. I mean, line shopping, which you can do on unabated is really critical. I mean, the Eagles, for example, are plus 475 in a lot of places, plus 500. And then there's a couple plus 550s. And that's significant um, to, to look at, and especially... To me, the NFC has uh, more uncertainty than the AFC, where there's three, you know, three teams I think are, are super strong, with the Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals, and and the NFC. I don't really think there's a strong team outside of San Francisco, which has a quarterback that is, uh, you know, played well, but I think that's largely due to just the team around him. So, uh, the NFC is really interesting, and obviously the Eagles have, uh, you know, some uncertainty with Hertz's health. And uh, Johnson coming back, uh, you know, we'll see how well he plays. He's one of the best tackles in the NFL. So line shopping is really critical. And like Rufus said, you can kind of play out some of the money lines. And there is uncertainty with who they're going to play. So I'm looking around, um, you know, the the format that I'm enjoying most right now is the playoff best ball, which is a combination of fantasy and futures. Uh, I'm really enjoying that over at Underdog. But excited to chat through some of these wildcard matchups. And from a futures perspective, I haven't seen anything that I absolutely love, but uh, yeah, I I think 
we'll wait to see if there's any price movements and make sure you are shopping for the best price if you are making futures bets. One other thing, one other thing to add real quick is if you are parlaying money lines rather than to artificially create a futures bet, remember you're going to be paying the VIG three or four times if you do that. And you do have the benefit of being able to line shop. So you're not betting at the same book each time. So you can reduce that sort of hold, but but you are in essence paying VIG of some sort four times. Whereas betting into a futures market, you're paying that big once, but it's a much higher hold market. So those are things to consider. That's very true. I, I think the only team that I'm looking at here on the futures front, Bengals at 10 to one, if you can find some, I'm not sure what the best line available is right now, but that's the only, that's the only number in team that stuck out to me is saying, I, I do see this team having a good potential shot at actually winning a Super Bowl this year after coming so close last year. And you look at the Massey Peabody ratings here, Rufus. I know you just released them today. They are the third best team in the Massey Peabody rankings this week. Yeah, um, they they're they've come along. They've come on very strong uh, as the season's progressed after kind of a slower start, and are clearly one of the NFL's elite teams. Indeed, and they're just so fun to watch. I, I really have enjoyed their game so far. I'm going to enjoy this playoffs too because we have some great matchups in store. The wild card round. Uh, it, it's a bit of a mixed bag here. You've got either big spreads or really close games. And I have a feeling knowing the NFL, one of these big spreads is going to be one of those upsets because they love the drama. And let's take a look at some of those numbers here now, because as you can see, we've got the first game up on the board, the Seattle Seahawks going up against the San Francisco 49ers. That game is at nine and a half right now at Circa. The unabated line for that one. Let me pull that up here real quick. At 10 and a half. Yep. Ten and a half right now, minus one seventeen. Uh, any thoughts here so far, Rufus, on uh, on this game? Yeah, uh, my numbers like Seattle a lot. I'm not a full believer in Brock Purdy, and part of that is just due to the fact that Massey Peabody seems to hate rookie quarterbacks and and guys without a lot of experience, even if they play well, just due to our priors and the fact that this guy was a very very late round pick. But the system clearly is conducive to a, a, a lot of quarterbacks having success. I mean, look at guys like Nate Mullins or Nick Mullins, whatever his name is, C.J. Beathard. Uh, when when Jimmy G was out in previous years, those guys actually filled in admirably. And and where are they now? So uh, I think that I, mean, I think I'm low on, on the Niners as a result of that. Uh, but I think I'm a little higher than market on Seattle too, and so I show a good amount of value here. Um, on on the on the Seahawks, I'm pretty relieved to hear you yeah. say that because that was definitely the game that jumped off the board to me first. As this line doesn't feel like it should be ten. What do and you think? Also, I mean, this is the third matchup between these two teams. They know each other pretty well. As also, Rufus stealing all my points. I was going no, to see this. This is my 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 uh, favorite spot on the board. I think overall, uh, the line did was at ten and ten and a half in some places, and those quickly went away. Uh, was able to grab a 10 at, at decent juice. Now the best 10s are kind of minus 115. Uh, DraftKings is at minus 120, and almost everywhere else is at nine and a half. So pretty big move already. But I think the big thing that Rufus hit on the, the main points, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Purdy and kind of the uncertainty there. Uh, he's thrown a lot of short passes well this year, hasn't really thrown the ball downfield much at all, with the exception of some throws to Ayuk. And now, you know, Seattle gets to play him for the third time. Uh, and within the division, I generally, you know, see a little bit more parity uh, just given how well these teams know each other. So San Francisco, clearly an amazing team, but 
uh, over 10 points was crazy. And I expect this line to close in that, you know, nine and a half, nine, eight and a half range, which there's not a huge difference between those numbers, uh, which you can compare at unabated. So make sure you're shopping for the best price. And I, I do think uh, the Seattle stuff is is pretty good. Who would have thought at the beginning of the season that we would be saying Geno Smith is the better quarterback in his playoff matchup this weekend? I think a lot of people would disagree with that, but I think that my ratings clearly think that that is the case. It's I, hard to know. It's hard to separate quarterback from system also. It would be interesting to see what Geno Smith would do in a Kyle Shanahan offense. That's very right. true. I, I think, though, with this game in particular, like if you're compare if you're comparing the two quarterbacks here, I think you do have to give the edge with just experience and the way he's played all, all season to Geno. Uh, my, my point more so was, wow, the Seattle Seahawks made the playoffs and Geno Smith had a good season. Not something that many predicted to start this season. But I am with you guys here on the Seattle-San Francisco game. Let's move down on to the next one here. The Chargers and the Jaguars. The Chargers, they're going to be one-point road dogs oh, t- heading down to Jacksonville here in this one. First time since 1999. All three Florida teams have made the playoffs, so it's been a while coming. What a story for the Jaguars as well. Great turnaround this season, just like the Seahawks, not really expected to do much, and yet here they are in the playoffs hosting a playoff game. What do you guys think of Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson, and what this team has put together here, Peter? Yeah, I lean a little bit towards the Jaguars in this spot. Um, I think specifically right now, I've been I've been tempted by this plus one, minus 105 over on DraftKings, which is one cent off the unabated line at plus one minus 104. Uh, So that's interesting to me. Um, You know, the Jaguars are really getting good play out of uh, some key players on the defensive line. Trevor Lawrence has really come on strong at the end of the year. And I do think they have a a coaching advantage here. Uh, The Chargers obviously have really good skill position players. Herbert's been incredible, but they just haven't been able to block that well. And I think at the line of scrimmage, the Jaguars could have an advantage. So this isn't like a slam dunk play by any means to me. I think it should be relatively close to a pick but I do lean towards the Jaguars and uh, just shopping. I mean, the best price from a spread perspective on the unabated screen, all the values are negative. There's no arbitrage opportunities at this point, but the best best line right now uh, from an edge perspective is the Jaguars plus one minus 105 over at DraftKings. So I'm intrigued by that. Uh, curious Rufus's perspective on this game. Muted. Yeah, I I kind of agree. I mean, I have the Jaguars as the better team here. I've been low on the Chargers all season, but even if you take out priors, the Jaguars have been better on offense. The Jaguars have been better on defense. And when they played earlier this year, the Jaguars smacked the Chargers around and the Jaguars are at home. So I, I do not, I don't understand the, the Jaguars being an underdog here. I, I think the Chargers have dealt with some injuries over the, in, and, Playing their starters all game when their seed was locked and their matchup was locked in seemed like a mistake to me, just given the nature of football and injuries. And Mike Williams, I don't know what his status is, but him getting knocked out was, I mean, that's a pretty big, that that's a pretty big loss. And, and that's a lot. I mean, you, you risk, you risk some really detrimental injuries by having your starters out there that long. But uh, so I don't know. I don't know Mike Williams' status. I don't know. Peter, do you know that? Uh, you know, he, he couldn't walk after the game, uh, expected to practice. Um, he's considered day to day based on the, the reports today. 
my guess is he probably suits up, but certainly not going to be a hundred percent. And I, yeah. I, you know, I was tweeting about it. It made absolutely no sense. Uh, I was slightly biased, had a bunch of money on the Broncos. Broncos moved from four and a half point favorites to seven point favorites uh, before the game started. Uh, there actually got to be some seven and a half, you know, with the assumption that the Chargers would just not play anyone. And then the Chargers played their starters on both sides of the ball for three quarters. Three quarters. Even, had, even had Keenan Allen out in, in the, the game quarter. with, with with the, with the fourth quarter with Chase Daniel out there. So really surprising. And, um, you know, I, I think Brandon Staley is a, a really thoughtful, uh, I was really impressed with him just as a person and thought his coaching was decent at first, really aggressive on fourth down, but then he took it to an extreme with some, some of the fourth down calls and uh, has certainly made some extreme decisions such as, you know, basically, you know, keeping the starters in this meaningless game. Um, so I, I definitely give the coaching advantage. I'm a big fan of Peterson and uh, the Jaguars have found their stride here. And I think the line of scrimmage is where they have a, a clear advantage on both sides of the ball. So, uh, you know, it's not, it's not as good of a play in Seattle based on our numbers, but I, I do think the the Jaguars are a pretty, pretty good pick here. You know, the saying goes, you. you can take the chargers out of San Diego, but you can't take the chargers out of the chargers tempting injury fate, especially when both of your receivers and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have been on the injury report all year long that was a really bold call and they might be lucky if they get mike williams to play in this game like you said day to day right now the next game up though there's more injury concerns mostly with the dolphins and their quarterback situation though because you've got tua and his concussion issues you've got teddy bridgewater and his mangled woodshop teacher hand and then you've got Skylar Thompson, who also got banged up in their game against the Jets. The number is currently around nine or 10, depending on the shop that you find it at. But a lot of this is baking in that quarterback uncertainty right now for the Dolphins, right? Correct. And you aren't able to bet as much on this game in a lot of places. Uh, books are, are have lowered limits uh, to get more certainty here. Uh, the minus nines stand out to me, both at Circa and at FanDuel. I feel like this line should be around 10 uh, unless of course we get the, the two and news. And I would be really surprised if Tua plays, but um, I shouldn't say really surprised, but I would be surprised uh, if he did play, wasn't cleared to practice today. Um, and just given everything that's happened in the NFL so far this year, I mean, we had some scares with Tua and then I think a lot of teams just have to be really thoughtful given what happened in the bills Bengals. Um, you know, a, a conversation for another day is, you know, the players association uh, and how they're going to deal with the NFL and some of these contracts. So I think there's so much sensitivity around player health right now. Uh, I would be surprised if, if the Dolphins played Tua. And then you start looking at Bridgewater. I mean, a dislocated finger on your throwing hand, that's a big deal. Um, so I'm not certain that he's going to be okay. And like you mentioned, uh, Thompson is beat up as well and, and clearly a huge drop off from Tua and Bridgewater. So you know, it is a division game. These teams have seen each other a lot. The Dolphins beat Buffalo earlier in the year, but uh, I think I lean Buffalo here at the minus nine with some assumptions, but uh, quarterback's really important and curious Rufus's perspective. Yeah, Rufus, yeah, what do you so, think? So again, I think right now this line is not going to close where it is right now. It's either going to go up or go down depending on if Tua plays or not. And depending on the news out of Miami in terms of Teddy Bridgewater and, and how his finger's holding up. And, you know, I mean, if it's Skylar Thompson, that's going to be even more of a downgrade. But I have the difference between Tua 
in Bridgewater at about three and a half points. So this is one where you could kind of, you could maybe create a little parlay or something if you wanted. Um, just thinking about if Tua plays, what that's going to do to the line. It's going to affect both the side and the total. Uh, and, and same with if he doesn't play. And as well, uh, I like the idea of potentially betting the betting a Dolphins money line if you can get a decent price, just because that uncertainty, um, while if the market is efficiently priced on the side, if the market moves, let's say, two points towards uh, Buffalo, that doesn't hurt you as much if you bet the Dolphins money line as it helps you if the line moves two points towards the Dolphins, just because you're making a about five to one. Um, well, I guess the lines come down a little bit from where it was earlier today, but for the one or five to one bet. Rufus, I think other people had the same same process as you, which I think is super sharp um, and something certainly we were looking at a little bit as well. Uh, the really high money lines went away. And that's where initially I saw value, those plus 460s uh, that were out there. Um, you know, that's a great bet with uncertainty. And, you know, the spread, it, the spread, I don't have conviction because I think there's there's a lot of uncertainty. But I, I do think Obviously, if Tua and Bridgewater, if Tua's ruled out, I feel like nines are great. If Tua and Bridgewater, oh, the, if Tua is ruled out, you're not going to get nines. No, I know that's what I'm saying. That's uh -huh. why I think like, the nine is somewhat with, interesting right now, right? With Bridge, if, well, if you believe that Tua is going to be ruled out, so I don't have any conviction there. I feel like the market is probably smarter than I am in that regard. I don't have any injury insider. I don't. I don't have the same people on speed dial that Peter does. Um, although speed dial doesn't exist anymore, but. I would make Buffalo 11.3 against Bridgewater and about three and a half points less against Tua. Right. And I don't have any inside information, not trying to say that I do. This is just kind of reading the tea leaves and understanding the sensitivity around the players and all these concussions. I, I mean, I just, I think I mean, it would be foolish to put two out there if uh, there's any any lingering signs of this concussion and the fact that he didn't even practice today. It's early in the week uh, is concerning to me. So uh, I liked my my favorite bet was the plus 460 and, and the Bills minus nine. And, um, you know, you could do some stuff with the total. So I think your analysis is spot on, Rufus. Now, how about this next game up here? Because if the TCU Horn Frogs were fraudulent, this Minnesota Vikings team has really started to earn that reputation over the past several weeks of the season here. They are hosts to the New York Giants, who are one of the worst teams out here in the field for the playoffs. Just three-point favorites here. Rufus, where are you going for this game? Is this finally – this number feels right where it should be, but what do you think? Uh, you know, it's close to where it should be. I have I have the Vikings as a tenth of a point better than the Giants on a neutral field. So after home field advantage, it's a little less than a two-point favorite. So I, I don't have anything there. If it would be one that I'd be tempted to tease, depending on where the market is, but not not at three. If the market was paradoxically, if the market moved to two and a half, just out of respect for the market, and I could tease that, and I had tease it with the Jaguars, for example, and, and potentially the Bucks. That might that would be a nice three three team teaser. Um, again, depending on where market prices are at that point but I'm not going to be playing a side in this one otherwise. I certainly don't blame you. This feels like the go out and get your errands done this weekend game. Peter, what do you think? Yeah, uh, zero. I, you know, I think three is right. Uh, I think they're really close teams like Rufus mentioned. Uh, and I also respect both coaches. I think these are two really, really good coaches here. Uh, the Vikings have certainly outperformed 
uh, especially when you look at their differential. I mean, everyone's thrown out the stats of how well they've done in close games. Um, so to me, I, I'm excited about potentially betting against the Vikings uh, in other spots if they're they're fortunate enough to win this game. Um, I've been against the Vikings in, in many spots, but uh, yeah, this the market's kind of caught up. And um, yeah, this is just two, two well-coached teams, and I, I think they're pretty neutral. There's different strengths and weaknesses for both teams, and three is where I think the number should be. So even line shopping, I mean, almost every book is at 3110 uh, across the board. Um, you can't really get many better plays. I mean, Giants best price is like plus three minus one of six. Um, so it's it's a stay away for me. The next game up with plenty more quarterback uncertainty here. It's a little bit of a theme for some of these teams in the playoffs. The Ravens and the Bengals. Bengals laying seven right now at home in this one. The Ravens, meanwhile, the line feels like it is where it is because is Lamar Jackson playing? Peter? So that's what happened today. Um, Rappaport came on and discussed, you know, that there's optimism around uh, Lamar Jackson to play, but then kind of gave some conflicting comments after just saying, well, other people are saying that's not the case. Schefter tweeted out that there's optimism that he's going to play, but the market was kind of reading the tea leaves and quickly moved from six and a half to seven uh, after a lot of these comments. So I think the market sees that there's uncertainty here. Um, it doesn't seem like a slam dunk either either direction that he's going to play. Uh, kind of the narrative or the the big story overall is, you know, the Ravens didn't pay Lamar Jackson. And is he really going to go out there at not 100% for a playoff game? So I, I don't know what, what to read. Uh, the market certainly kind of went the other direction, just I think based more on uncertainty. I think the market was initially thinking that Lamar would give it a go. Um, and even with, you know, both Schefter and Rappaport saying, it sounds like he's trying to go, uh, the market moved away from the Ravens and towards the Bengals. So I don't have a read, uh, at all. And this is currently a stay away for me, but I'm curious your perspective, Rufus. I think what you said makes a lot of sense, Peter. I do think, I think the other thing to remember is it's not just Lamar playing or not playing. It's, is he a hundred percent? And is he the same quarterback if he's not 100%? Because that's sprained knee. If he does not have the mobility he normally does, he's not the same quarterback. He's right. not, if he can't run, he's not the same threat. And so, um, again, I could say a lot of the same things as I did in Miami in terms of I don't think the line's going to close here. I make the line minus nine and a half if Huntley goes, and I make it 5.7 points different. So if Lamar goes, so at about four um and right now i right i don't know i think that there's a good i think there is a good chance he goes because it is a playoff game and you to your point about the ravens not paying him it's that they aren't paying him yet they're you know they still have control um they have they'll have they can franchise him and i think i i don't see him not being in a ravens uniform i really don't but um i don't think it's dumb on their part to wait you know, if, if a guy suffers a really bad injury or something like that, I mean, look at what happened to Denver. Yeah. You know, you sign a guy to an extension before you have to, and they end up progressing big time. And so I think you want to take the time you can. And I think Lamar is a competitor and I think he wants to win. I think these guys all want to win Super Bowls. And I don't think he's going to say, oh, they disrespected me. I'm not going to try to give it my all. And from the reports, he really wants to play. So mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, read into that too much. But again, is a Lamar Jackson who's not mobile 
going to be better than a Tyler Huntley? That's the question. Yeah, to be clear, my, mine wasn't, I think everything Lamar Jackson saying is he wants to play. And I wasn't trying to say that Lamar Jackson, because he didn't get paid, was he was the reason. It's just that uncertainty creates an interesting dynamic like that Rufus uh, eloquently explained um, between the Ravens and him. So we'll see. And um, yeah, he's someone who relies on his athleticism more than any other quarterback in the NFL. Maybe Jalen Hurts is a, as a close second at this point in time. But uh, if he's not 100%, which it sounds like he won't be regardless, that's certainly something that you have to to weigh into the line. So this is a spot to to wait to see where we get more information. And if you know one one edge that you can have, um, even in the NFL, is when some of this news breaks, uh, you can oftentimes get to these books and make bets based on that. However, be cognizant if you're constantly betting news, that's a good way to get limited uh, and ruin the longevity of an account. So uh, you have to think about if the juice is worth the squeeze uh, on those situations. That is a very great point indeed, Peter. Now, how about this final game that we have up in the wild card round? Tom Brady, not certainly anywhere near close to his best season at age 47 this year, but he saved his best for last with their game against the Panthers two weeks ago. Brady uncorking four touchdowns, I believe, in that one. Looking a little bit like the Tom of old. Does he have one more ride in him at least? He's never lost to the Dallas Cowboys. The line sits at Cowboys minus three or minus two and a half, depending on your shop here. Looking like two and a half is the prevailing number around town right now, but there are a few threes popping up for the Cowboys as a road favorite here. Are you going with Tampa Tom or are you trusting the Cowboys that laid that egg without a ton of motivation against the commanders? Rufus. Yeah. Oh, so uh, I don't have much of an opinion here, Tom. I, I make the line Dallas minus 1.3. So I'm probably going to be laying off this game. Yeah, not much of a difference there, Peter, though. Yeah, so I thought that the Tampa Bay uh, plus three was really, really good um, to have a small position there at this point in time. Uh, those lines quickly went away um, from, you know, or I'm sorry. Yeah, they, they quickly went away um, on the ninth. So you know, initially it's two and a half, then to three, back to two and a half. And I think Tampa Bay actually should be favored in this game. Uh, I think it's it's close, like Rufus mentioned. But the big thing for Tampa Bay that I think uh, not everyone has noticed is they've gotten a lot healthier, specifically at the line of scrimmage. Um, and that's really critical uh, for this team. Worf coming back is is absolutely massive. Uh, Tristan Worf is one of the better offensive linemen. And if you give Tom Brady some time, yeah, he hasn't had a good season uh, by his standards, but I still think, you know, with their weaponry that he can get it done, obviously has a great track record in the playoffs. And then on the other side of the ball, defensively, they've gotten really healthy as well. So I just think this team has been fortunate with with kind of where they are from a health perspective versus where they were in the middle to the latter part of the season. And, you know, I, I think that that's... Um, worthwhile in this game where I don't have them as a huge favorite, but uh, I think they should be a, a slight favorite. So I do think this is a pretty good spot uh, for Tampa Bay. And you don't like the Cowboys, huh? Love the Cowboys before. Uh, and this is, again, this is a group's work, um, not specifically all my work, but uh, the, the grades on the Cowboys have keep going back. And we were heavy on the Cowboys uh, on Sunday. So maybe a little bit of bias uh, and knocking them down a little bit more than we should have after that game. Um, but yeah, I think the, the key here is going to be can Tampa Bay block this uh, defensive line for the, the Cowboys. And there's actually been 
some interesting information. I'd be curious, Rufus, your perspective on this. Uh, Dallas has not been good on grass. They've been much better on turf, especially on defense. Uh, would you wait that much? Um, the narrative is no. that basically, you know, they're quicker on the turf and their defensive linemen are used to that at home. Maybe it's a home thing, but it sounds like that's not something that you're buying. I, I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't read too much into that. You know, I, okay. I'm guessing these guys have played a lot on grass in their careers as well. True. Totally. And then there's, you know, they're obviously playing at home on turf. So that's another factor. You can't just isolate that and say, okay, they're good on turf. Obviously uh, they're playing at home. For for years, it seems like the Cowboys have been a team that kind of struggled more at home too. So I, I don't think they've had a, a greater home field advantage, especially since they moved into the Jerry Dome than most teams. I think they've actually had one of the lesser home field advantages just going based off results. Again, I wouldn't say that that's predictive in any way. Got it. Yeah, we'll see. I, and this could be wrong. We've been on Tampa a ton this year. Uh, that has not worked out that well. And now we're even higher on them just given the health, specifically at the offensive line. So I recognize this is probably a bias uh, on some of the priors on, on, on the Bucs. But yeah, have some respect for Dallas. Just have been high on uh, on the Bucs. Um, but this is also an outlier situation. We felt really good about grabbing the plus threes. We'll see uh, what happens with the line going forward. I'd say it's a potential teaser candidate too. If you can find something, to, if you can find games to tease it with, I would rather play the teaser than play this side. Just, I mean, again, depending on what odds you're getting on the teaser, but I'll tell you one thing I wouldn't tease it with is going to be Cincinnati. Unless you're teasing it right before game time when there is, and, and you find it where injury information is known and somehow it still fits into the, a profitable teaser um, range of, I guess, seven to nine ish, but I, I don't expect the line to close there. I expect it either to close with Cincinnati being, I don't know, maybe nine and a half, uh, 10 or in the four to five range, probably though. Again, again, like if it's like Lamar is going to try to give it a go, maybe that's when you see it in that category. But the whole point here is there's going to, if that's the case, there's more uncertainty. So as a teaser leg, it's not going to be as good because teasers, the whole point is you want certainty. Right. And we'll, we'll note that uh, Tristan did re-aggravate his ankle, but said he was okay. And obviously sat last week. And part of the reason that, and maybe we're giving too much of a bump, but Tom Brady did come out uh, and said, um, you know, he feels really good about where the team is. Uh, we have seven days to prepare. We've got the whole week. We're healthy. Um, so he, some of the quotes from Brady um, have given us a, a bit of optimism. Um, so we'll see. Uh, there, there's definitely a little bit of uncertainty, but if you make a lot of their guys healthy that were kind of on the questionable side to end the year, then uh, that's why we like the Bucks. Yeah, we will have to see. Indeed, it is going to be an exciting wild card weekend. I'm sure we're going to get at least one upset that we're not seeing on the board here right now. I still do think it might be that Seattle 49er game, but certainly plenty of things that could happen here but guys let's throw out the odds real quick let's hear it who is in your super bowl and who is winning it peter you want to go first sure i'll i'll go bills uh and eagles and i'll say the bills win it rufus how about you so having just run some simulations with the massey peabody ratings but without accounting for the home field um in the uh in the afc championship game I have Chiefs as the most likely out of the AFC. 
Eagles out of the NFC, Chiefs, Eagles. And actually, I show value on both of those teams in terms of futures markets, especially value on the Eagles at plus 550. I like that. I could take some, I, I could be convinced easily to take some Eagles futures right now. I, the, the NFC just doesn't look like there's nearly as much of a bloodbath as the AFC has the potential for in terms of team talent right now. Yeah, that was one future we pointed out early on, and there's a big discrepancy in prices. So that plus 550 is a, is a off-market number and a good one to take. All right. Well, if there you, you, if you like the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Let's All do right. it. <laughs> well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. No mailbag this week. We will be back with it next week. But of course, you know the drill. If you want to be in our listener mailbag, head on over to our Discord. You can use the link in the description below to sign up. It is free, although if you are a premium unabated member, you do get access to the premium channels as well. Really sign up. It is a fantastic community full of wonderful bettors. One of the most insightful communities in sports betting. Highly recommend you go check it out. And of course, check out unabated.com. Sign up today. Start your seven-day free trial. Or you can go with our Unabated Essentials tier for a better who more so wants some of the immediate tools without the full strength of Unabated. $49 a month with an annual subscription right now. Sign up today once again at unabated.com. And of course, follow us on Twitter at Unabated Sports. Instagram, same handle there, Unabated Sports. You can find me on Twitter at TV at Work. Find Peter at CSURAM88. And Rufus, of course, keeps it simple at Rufus Peabody. Guys, thank you so much for being here with me today. To our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Best of luck on Wildcard Weekend. We will see you next week. And as always, let's cash those tickets.